Central Ohio is a hub of businesses, nonprofit, and social enterprise organizations, large and small, all connected by the experiences we share and the stories we tell. Your BBB is excited to showcase businesses who are working every day to build trust and support our communities. BBB SparkCast is where we will learn from these local entrepreneurs firsthand. Hello listeners, and thanks for joining us for this episode of BBB SparkCast. My name is Jordan, the Content Communications Coordinator with your BBB. Today, I am super excited to be here with Kenneth Anders, founder of Kenneth's Hair Salons and Day Spas. How are you doing, Kenneth? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, do you want to go ahead and give a little bit of background on your history? Well, I, I guess I've been asked that before, but I think, you know, Kenneth was developed basically out of need. Um, I'm from Washington Courthouse, small town, 45 miles south of here. And uh, I took my girlfriend in 19, I think it was 63, to see West Side Story in Columbus. So as we walked out, I looked up and there was a place called Nationwide Beauty Academy across the street. So being an artistic kid, uh, I thought, well, I think I'll go over and see what that's all about. Well, I, when I get there, of course, they tell me I'll be able to do movie stars and travel the world and be on cruise ships and all this sort of thing and for only $495. So I thought that sounded like a great idea. So I went home and talked to my dad and about getting the money to go, and he said, uh, uh, you're crazy. You got a job at the bakery. You're making $1.40 an hour. You've always been a little unusual, but just one of the craziest things that you've ever decided to do. So I decided to do it on my own. I sold everything I had and went to beauty school starting in September. By December, I was broke. Uh, and before I'd gone to beauty school, I worked at a bakery. And I went back to the guy at the baker and I said, I can't stay in school unless I can get a part-time job. So I would go to school on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, take a bus back to Washington Courthouse. Of course, I'd sold my car. And then I would work there on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday and take a bus back to Columbus to go to beauty school. And that's how I got started with that. Uh, after I got out, I went to work um, in Upper Arlington and was really satisfied, but that was the days when that you teased hair and you had standing appointments. And then I went to a hair show and I saw a guy named Vidal Sassoon and he was cutting hair and had curling irons and blow dryers, which was just coming out. I mean, most people were just still doing their standing appointments and the hair that stayed in for a year. And uh, so I decided that's what I wanted to do. Well, the guy I worked for uh, didn't like that because that wasn't what he did. So what I was doing, you know, he felt uncomfortable with, not because it was bad, it was just different. And he would call them cookie cutter cuts. And so after a period of time, I thought, you know, I felt uncomfortable around him and he felt uncomfortable around me. And I had a friend who was um, operations, man not operations, but regional manager for Chevrolet. And so he said, you ought to go sell cars because you have a great personality and you'd make a lot of money. So I went to work for a car dealership and out of 84 people, I was number three in sales. Then, in 1974, that's when gasoline went to almost $4 a gallon then. You couldn't give away anything but a Volkswagen. And so I decided, and even working in cars, you have to compete with, I can get it over here for a certain price, but where I came from, if they loved me and loved what I did, then that was the price. There was no comparison. They either loved you or didn't love you. And I love the business because I'm an artistic person. So uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to get back into business and I'm going to do it right. Uh, I want to be a hair cutter. I want to find out more about it. So for about six months, I um, went and trained myself to be able to do that better. And then 
I went to work for a, a group of people, and what I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to get involved with people who wanted to be educated, who wanted to be current, and surround myself with people like that. I didn't want to own anything because I just wanted to be in a culture that I was comfortable with. And the other thing was where clients were not my 1030, my perm, my haircut, but there were people where they came in to be beautiful, and that was my job to be able to create that for them. So I worked for them for a while, and then I went in business with a partner, and he didn't have the same philosophy. He was into the art and not really making people beautiful. It was all about money, you know, just get them in and get the money and get them out. And I learned one thing then, if you want to create something and you want something, you have to spend your buck. You know, it's up to me to go out there and surround myself with that type of person. So that's how Kenneth was created out of need. I wanted two things. I wanted people who wanted to learn and always be progressive and people who wanted to give great customer service and make people beautiful. And so we started up with four people and now we're at 400. Wow, that is fascinating. And thank you for sharing that story. No problem. It's a, it's a different, I, Kenneth was created out of need, the need to have, be surrounded by what I just talked about. Yeah, yeah, the evolution of that was yeah. incredible. So very cool. Also love West Side Story, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I've learned a lot of things about Kenneth recently that you're actually employee owned and 98% owned by women, and that is amazing. Um, I also learned that you offer scholarships. So can you tell me a little bit about how the scholarship works and who gets them? I've always believed that with the schools, now people, when they need somebody, a person, they call the school and say, can you send me someone? Or they'll walk in and they want to get a student. My idea is that we should, I should be involved with helping the industry grow. I want to be a part of it. And I've always gone to the schools free when I didn't need anybody, talked about you know, the advantages of being a hairdresser because I love it. So it was easy for me to sell the fact that I think everybody ought to go to beauty school as far as that goes. And so I've always given to the schools. When we would uh, close down a store, remodel a store, the equipment was always, it always went to the beauty schools um, because it was still in good shape, but it wasn't what our standards were. And uh, whenever we could do classes in haircutting, color, we invite them into our stores. It's just a matter of, of giving back. So I thought uh, the people that I want, you know, I want people that want to be a part of our culture. So the schools would, first of all, begin to weed out because they could tell a person who would probably fit with us. And in order to do that, what we do is we contribute money. You know, we give uh, so much towards a scholarship for them to go to school. And at the same time, we offer them training and a connection uh, before they get out of school. So it just, it just it, it's a good fit for us because we get a better quality person coming in for us to mm -hmm. train. They know something about us. They know if they want to be there uh, before they even start the job. So is it a high percentage then of the scholar, the people who accept these scholarships at the cosmetology school will then go to work for you full-time when they're finished? Uh, they, in order to get the scholarship, they have to commit oh, to okay. working for us. And if they decide they don't want to, then, then what they do is they repay whatever scholarship money that we've given them. If they come to work for us, it's all forgiven. Okay. All right. Not like a loan, not like a student loan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the topic for this episode um, we're going to learn about what it means to be employee-owned. Um, so why would a business choose to be employee-owned? Can you talk about some of the thought that went into that decision? 
Uh, there's two things in life. You, there's mortality. You're, everybody's going to die. We're not going to get out of here without doing that. That's true. And immortality. And that means that you can live for whatever you do, live forever. We are the only ESOP plan, and that's the, uh, the employee-owned uh, plan that the government, the uh, Department of Labor allows. And we're the only one in the whole United States, and I'm not sure there's anything else in the world. We are the only hair company that I know of that has sold the company to the employees. Wow. Uh, my CFO went to a meeting about ESOPs, and he came back and he said, I think this is perfect for you because I know over the years how picky you've been about people who want to be a part of this thing and who, when they are a part of it, they help it grow. And the people that work for me, a majority of them, you know, have been there long enough that it's who we are. You know, it's all about, I started it. I started the concept and what I wanted my company to look like, and they all bought into it. And I thought, well, this is a way for me to reward them and also an exit plan. Now, I had a lot of offers for people from everywhere to buy it because it's a very good company. It's a successful, profitable company. But if I did that, then they put my stuff in a box and a lot of the people I love stuff in a box and they move their people in and move them out. And then uh, there goes, you know, that's probably the end of our philosophy and our name. And so I wanted to give it to people that would I felt like would carry the ball on and would be the same as if I were there when I'm not there. So how does it then benefit the business? I know why it made sense for you to do it, um, but uh, financially or from a business side, were the benefits? Well, financially for me, it was a, a way to sell my company, mm -hmm. you know, at, a, at a, what I considered a fair price. For them, they accumulate stock um, depending on your income as far as at the end of each year. And since we, we've been at it 10 years, we've been profitable every year. And then there's an evaluation committee that tells what your stock's valued at. And then that stock is di distributed to the employees based on their income. So it, it, it's been amazing when they first see it, they don't realize, because you don't get it. It's uh, reserved over here for you for, for when you're 59 years old, or if you would leave the company, of course, after a period of time, you can receive the money. But to watch them when they go, all of a sudden, you know, this amount of money's in there, and then all of a sudden they see that grow, and they see it grow, and all of a sudden it becomes really real. Because I tell them, my dream for them is, long after I'm gone, is that they take a pina colada, and they go down to Florida, and they stick their feet in the sand, and they look up, hopefully up, and say, thank you, Kenneth. So that's what it, I think it benefits them. Because most people, and I have a home in Florida, go down there, they can't retire. They share pills. They live in trailers. It's not, you know, the Miami Vice, uh, Rolls Royce uh, situation for most people. They, they can't even afford to retire, and they have to work you know, as greeters from Walmart or whatever. My staff, hopefully, you know, if they stick with the culture and keep this thing alive, will be able to go down there, put their feet in the sand, and just enjoy a pina colada. Well, I think that's lovely. <laughs> um, and I'd imagine that that would result in um, pretty high morale, um, better performances and customer service maybe. Uh, do you feel that way? Do you think that your employees perform better because of this? I, I believe that because that's been my philosophy, better customer service and education, you know, so they, they, they feel a part of something special because I, I think we have a reputation in the community of being something special, people that care about what they do and care about their customers when they come in. Morale's good because they, after a, a period of time, once they start seeing the cash in stock accumulate, they feel more and more part owner of it because that's what I tell them. You are an owner. Mm -hmm. You know, I work here like everybody else now, and they are a, a, an owner of the company. So it, it's bound to be good for morale if you feel like you own it rather than work there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
And do you think that the quality of your employees is higher because of this? Like, did it affect your interview process? Because you're not just hiring an employee. You're like, I'm hiring an owner of the company as well. I've always been that way. I mean, I'm very particular about who represents our brand, my name. You know, my name's still on the door. It's still my baby, as far as I'm concerned. It's like whenever you sell your company or give it to employees or give it to anybody, it's like giving your child away. So one thing with the ESOP, I'm able to stick around and make sure that my baby's taken care of. And I think with the culture that we develop, they will make sure that it remains the same. Uh, we, we have a training program that lasts seven months after beauty school before they ever get a, actually a job or a chair with us. So we know a lot about them. If they don't make it through that program, I mean, and it's very structured, if they don't make it through that program, they don't become an employee. And therefore, we know that if they make it through the program, they're going to represent the brand as we want the brand represented. So you mentioned the employee owned, is it ESOP? Is ESOP. That, so if someone, uh, if a business owner wants to learn more about that, is there a conference or do they um, contact it, the Department of Labor? It's controlled by the Department of Labor. Okay. And it's very stringent because okay. they want to make sure that I'm not doing something that isn't good for the employee. So it's very structured. And then it's valued by, uh, uh, they have a trustee and it's valued as far as the value of the company. And that's what you get paid. It's not like I go, I want $4 billion for my company because I think it's worth $4 billion. They look at the profitability of it, uh, the stability of it, and mm -hmm. to benefit the employee. So there, it's, it's very guarded as far as you just can't do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. There are a number of rules. So it's not easy. And I'm sure that's why uh, most people don't do it. And most people in our industry, it's, it's, um, they pass it on to the sons or daughters or something like that. But I felt, like I said, immortality, where if I can, if I can convince them to hold on to this for a long period of time, put their feet in the sand, then the name Kenneth will always be of value to this community. So if someone's considering making that step, um, what would be the like the first thing you'd recommend, like have like the person in charge of their finances to look into it or? Uh, as far as ESOP? Yes. Yes, um, your uh, accountant mm -hmm. would be the, the best one. It requires accountants and attorneys to get involved because the accountants have to present the government, the Department of Labor, uh, the facts to determine your value and then it goes into uh, legal issues that you have to do and file certain things uh, so that you meet the requirements of the Department of Labor, which uh, they're very guarded for employees. So when I sold it to the employees, it was a, a good deal and they made sure of it. And is there anything else that you would like to say about your experience or about Kenneth's? Uh, it's been a great ride. I mean, and I love this industry. It's a, you know, I'm a kid from Washington Courthouse, Ohio, um, who when I was in high school, I got a, a scholarship to study drama in Ventura, California. I didn't know to turn right or left outside of Washington Courthouse. So it was, you know, a pretty big world. And I traveled the world, taught the world, you know, been around the world, and only because of a little pair of scissors and, you know, sometimes a little color and a permanent wave has taken me everywhere. So I couldn't be more appreciative. And uh, I can't imagine being anything else. If I could be anything else, I can't imagine what it would be. And I would recommend it to anybody who really is artistic and wants to, you know, have a beautiful life. Hairdressing's it. Well, thank you for making the time to stop in here. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Um, listeners, you can find out more by visiting Kenneths.com and following them on social media. And be sure to subscribe to BBB Sparkcast so you don't miss out on the conversation. If there is a topic that you'd like to hear about, feel free to email us at podcast at centralohio.bbb.org. 
and we look forward to you joining us next time.